Hello, my name is Mitchell Schneider, and today I'll be doing my multimodal project for Professor Barton's class, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m. to 8.50 a.m. I'll be covering a topic about how golf has evolved from its racist past into a more accepting community. I'll be covering three main topics. First, how I work at a golf course and how I never experienced or seen racism. Second, I'll be interviewing my friend whose dad played golf in the 80s, who is a Hispanic male that has experienced racism. And lastly, I'll be covering social justice and racism as a whole in golf back in the day. I hope you enjoy. For my first part of my podcast, I'll be talking about what it is like working at a country club. And I can say 100% this has impacted my life. It's weird to think that working a job, carrying clubs for a member of a country club has impacted my life so much, but it is great working for people of color, genders, young, old. It, it's just impacted my life so much because they're able to inform me about what life has to offer. Many of them are older individuals that share different life stories that you would never expect a stranger that you first met share with you. Um, it's sad to see that people kind of have a general stereotype of golf and country club as a whole, like surrounded by racism. And I can tell you with 100% that there's no racism involved at all in the golfing community. It was a rough past back in the 80s when racism was very prevalent, but they have very much evolved from the racist past. They, they're welcoming you with open arms. They're able to share stories. So it's, it's sad to see that people kind of make a stereotype without even experiencing it and just kind of looking at the past. I know the past was rough, but it's sad to see that people just kind of stereotype golf in general. Um, so also another stereotype is just white old males play golf. And like I was saying, there, there are many different age groups, races, and cultures that play golf at the country club. And honestly, it's great to hear about different cultures when I'm there and just kind of what they've experienced through their life. And it kind of just kind of makes me rework my brain and like, wow, take a step back and like, wow, these stories are great. Um, and I just kind of want to say that uh, the golfing community is super inclusive. There, there's always a spot for a new player and just different people coming up to you, giving you tips about how to play golf or your swing could do this for when you're hitting a golf ball. It's just great to see. For my second part of my podcast, I'll be interviewing my friend Daniel, whose dad is a Hispanic male that plays golf. And Daniel, if you're comfortable sharing some of these, I know some of them may be tough questions. And if you're not, I'm totally fine with that. So for my first question I'll ask you is, what made your dad want to play golf in the 80s during a time of racism to now? Yeah, well, I know he's always had a, a kind of passion for the sport. Um, he's told me stories about growing up, how we would play uh, with his dad, who would teach him um, out in the courses in Mexico. And um, he's kind of just told me that just his experience there was just kind of the opposite of what he was expecting um, in the U.S. Um, you know, there was some name-calling, uh, some racial jokes, um, oftentimes I uh, found it kind of tough to find a game to play or a group of people to play with. Yeah, it's terrible. And then, like, I guess what made your dad a victim of racism? I mean, it was like I said, um, some jokes, 
um, being able to find a game or a good uh, club to uh, play a game at where um, he's treated with respect and fairly. Then what made your dad persevere through all the hate and still be willing to play golf today? I guess it was just a matter of, you know, he's kind of been at it for so long that it would just be a waste to let a group of people that he doesn't see eye to eye with uh, kind of ruin his love for the sport. And then I guess you're like you're saying, he still does play golf today. And does he still experience racism today? Not at all. I've been on the course with him a few times. Um, and it's a lot more welcoming, you know. I've been uh, I've been lucky enough to play at some really good courses, and um, I can say that I do feel as if it's a very friendly environment, and um, you know we're all just there to have a good time. So I guess, like you're saying, you you play golf, and have you ever felt discriminated against while playing golf? Never. I can't say I've had a, a bad experience while playing. Yeah, that's great. Like I was saying, that golf is a very in- including community of people. Thank you, Daniel, for doing this interview with me. I know it means a lot. Some of these questions may be a little bit hard to answer, but I'm very thankful for you to come out here and do this interview with me. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you for having me. For my third and final part of my podcast, I'll be going over three main things. First, I'll be talking about the difference between country clubs and public courses, which is a kind of a general stereotype about golf. Next, I'll be talking about Tiger Woods, who is an African-American professional golfer who was able to persevere through the racism in the 80s. And then lastly, I'll kind of end with my lasting impact and like the whole overall agenda for my project and this multimodal project. So the difference between country clubs and public courses is pretty significant. Both are willing to accept anyone who is different race, gender, age group. But the main difference is country clubs are open for people who are willing to pay upwards of $100,000 to join the club plus a $5,000 monthly fee, which is incredible. I, I cannot understand someone who's able to pay that much to play golf. But people are willing to do it, so all power to them. The next would be a public course. A public course is open to anyone of the general public. Uh, anyone can play there. It ranges between 15 and $90. The reason there's a kind of a bigger difference between the prices, the $15 ones are usually owned by the city, such as Forest Park uh, Golf Course. It's overcrowded, and the course condition is not as great. But like if you are willing to pay $90 to play on a public course, it's usually in a nicer area, which is like Ledoux or something like that. And the course is usually in better condition and it's not overpopulated or overcrowded people rushing you to play golf. But both I played at and honestly, I enjoy golf as is. So I really do not mind what golf course I play at. Um, The next I'll be talking about Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is an African-American golfer who played in the started playing as a kid in the 80s with his dad and he experienced a lot of racism he was asked to leave the course he was called racial slurs which is just insane that not even 50 years ago people were this racist towards him and just telling him to leave the course just because of the color of his skin we should judge people based on what their heart and not because of someone's color of their skin. That's just crazy. But he came out with a powerful statement whenever he was interviewed by CNN about 
the racist past that he experienced. And he basically just said, people that are racist are idiots. And he just kind of ingrained that into his mind whenever he heard these racial slurs towards him. And he just kind of persevered. I could never understand that someone's able to do that. And it's just a very strong message that he is willing to play golf even though he is being called racial slurs, but he is able to persevere through it. And he's won major championships, such as the Masters. He won that three times, which is considerably the biggest tournament each year, even after injuries, even after a car accident. Unfortunately, he did get into another car accident a couple of months ago, which kind of was a career ender for him. But he left a lasting impact on the golfing community. He also won three... Um, PGA Tour Championships, which is just another big accomplishment. Even after told many times that he would never recover after his first car accident, he was able to get up and start playing and just win these tournaments. He won three Open Championships, which is another great, great championship to win for golf. Um, He also won four PGA Championships and, oh, three U.S. Open Championships, which is Another one that's where all these golfers come together from different countries and uh, compete against different countries. And he won three of those, which is just crazy after just being told repeatedly that he'll never be anything in golf. And he also gave a lot of credit to his dad, who was just kind of like, you can get through this. You're a good golfer. You know you're a good golfer. And it just kind of, like I was saying, ingrained into his mind that he can persevere through this. And then kind of to close this all out, I would like to kind of my lasting impact, what I want for people to learn from this podcast is try golf. The golfing community is so welcoming. It had a rough past, but we are so welcoming. I play golf myself and I I love to see new golfers play and just enjoy the outdoors. Even if you're not that good, like back whenever I started playing golf, I just wanted to quit right away because I was so bad, but I ended up just kind of playing with my dad and my friends and just kind of slowly got better, played four years in high school. So just practice makes perfect, like many people say. And and if you're not willing to persevere through the racist past, that's totally okay. I mean, the past is so bad. And there are many other sports that had racist past, but I could totally see someone not wanting to play golf because of the racist past. But ultimately, it's your decision. And Thank you for listening to my podcast.